0: Welcome to Beretta Fleur Jour, a podcast for women where we explore our midlife experience. Where are you in your experience today? Hello and welcome to Beretta Fleur Jour. I'm your host, Beretta Fleur. If you're not familiar with my work, I am an author, podcaster, and confidence coach. And I use coaching, storytelling, and self-development tools to help women just like you lead happier, healthier, and more satisfying lives. Glad to have you here with me on this next episode. Today, I wanted to discuss toxic relationships. And if you were listening to my episode three, Boundaries, Boundaries of the Bitch, (laughs) you may have recalled that we did touch briefly on relationships and toxic relationships in that episode. So recently, I was visiting friends, And I got into a conversation with a beautiful young lady, just, you know, gorgeous, fun to be around, just one of like the the most delightful people that you would ever want to know. And she started describing a relationship that she was experiencing. And I won't go into too much detail, but basically she was saying, you know, I feel like this is a toxic relationship. And it got me thinking, there's a lot of buzz right now, especially when we talk about relationships toward the phrase toxic relationship. And so before I wanted to delve into what exactly is a toxic relationship as far as, you know, do you have one, what do you do about it, etc. I wanted to kind of touch on what a toxic relationship is. And after we define what a toxic relationship is, the second thing I want to do is work with you to help define and establish toxic relationships in your life with a little exercise. And from there, I want to explore what we can do to either repair or avoid toxic relationships in our lives. So first let's explore what exactly is a toxic relationship. So I have a couple quotes for you for what a toxic relationship is, and I'll leave links in my show notes for any resources or books I mention here today so you can grab them for yourself. So Dr. Jill Weber, who is the author of Toxic Love, Five Steps, How to Identify Toxic Love Patterns and Find Fulfilling Attachments, (laughs) that's the title. So Dr. Jill Weber describes toxic love as, and this could be romantic love, this could be relationship love, this could be um, the care for a friend or coworker as well. What is toxic love? The dominant emotions in a toxic love pattern are insecurity and anxiety. You don't feel at peace that your needs will get met. You live with angst and fear about how things will turn out. You wait expectantly for the highs, but mostly you experience the lows. When your time with your partner comes to an end, once again, you feel empty and anxious. Author Rainy Howard, who also has a YouTube channel on relationships, um, she is the author of Addicted to Pain, says this about toxic love. Toxic love is not patient. It is addictive and lustful and demands its own way. Toxic love is deceiving, and while it sometimes appears to be love, it's a counterfeit of real love. So Rainey Howard is saying not only is a toxic relationship bad for you and it's a cheap imitation of what a healthy relationship looks like, you get addicted to it. A third way I would define a toxic relationship would be less of about a toxic person and more of a toxic element that comes about when two people who are at odds with each other are in a relationship. For example, bleach and ammonia. They're household cleaners. They have a function and a purpose, and they're extremely useful in and of themselves. Put them together, and they're deadly. They're toxic. So the combination of bleach and ammonia is a really good analogy for what a toxic relationship is and what it does. So I want to, before we go into our exercise, touch briefly on a red flag emotion in your relationship. And these red flag emotions can be anxiety or fear, or you have to be your most perfect self. And those are tricky because they're often tied up in positive emotions. For example, you might be very, very excited every time you see a person with whom you're in a toxic relationship. And part of that can feel fun and exciting, but a lot of it is nervousness. It's almost like what I would describe as a physical rush, like somebody might get from some sort of drug. And another red flag might be if, in the case of a romantic relationship, there's a lot of sexual chemistry going on, or in the sense of a friendship... There's a lot of exciting, creative stuff going on. And that can be good in some respects and be healthy in some respects, but not when it's combined with a lack of rest or peaceful emotions. Conversely, A red flag emotion might be depression or flatlining or feeling drained when you're around a person. And that is a little bit easier to define because that's obviously a down emotion. So a little bit hard to wrap our heads around just yet, but I did wanna touch on the red flags because those are going to be some indicators that you're going to be looking for in your relationships to help you define what is healthy and what might be toxic. So now that we've established what exactly is a toxic relationship and some of the warning signs and some of the properties that go along with a toxic relationship, I want to do a little exercise with you before we move on into what to do about them. And I'm doing that because I don't want you throwing up your hands going, oh my God, everything's toxic because we're we're humans and we're in relationships, right? And sometimes relationships are less than perfect. And so there are mistakes that we make as humans, and there are the bumps in the road in the day-to-day life. So I want to establish in your life, which are those kind of normal relationships that have that little wear and tear going on some of the time, and which relationships are actually toxic? Because I'm not trying to create a pain point where there isn't one. So Do this exercise with me if you can, if you can pause it and just kind of ruminate over it, or if you have a pen and pad and you can just take a few minutes to write down some of these reactions to these questions I'll ask you. And then from there, we can kind of move forward. So in this exercise, I want you to think about some of the most intense and important relationships in your life. And that could be parental, it could be siblings or family, it could be romantic, significant other, spouse, it could mean a best friend at work, um, a mentor, supervisor. So out of these relationships in your life, I want you to focus on the most intense and important relationships. So I want you to ask yourself and thinking about this relationship with this person and how you feel around this person. When you're around this person, do you feel yourself in a more anxious state? This could mean, do you feel eager to please? Do you feel nervous, on your toes, self-conscious, or perhaps even feeling like you're in a little bit of danger? Or do you feel energized? And this could mean, do you feel excited, happy, joyful, self-confident, but also at peace? So both are very energizing, kind of up feelings. When you think about when you feel up with this person, do you feel anxious up or do you feel energized up? So just take a few minutes and think about how you feel when you're around that person and your senses are up. The next thing I want to explore is what do you feel around this person when you're down? So when your energy level is lower, Do you feel depressed and flatlined? Do you feel numb, drained? Do you feel sad? Or when you're with this person and your energy level is low, do you feel at rest? Do you feel at peace? Do you feel calm? Do you feel safe and do you feel secure? What do you feel around this person when you're down? Okay, so you have that in your mind, right? The second part of this is what do you feel when you're apart from this person? Do you feel nervous? Do you feel anxious, on your toes, self conscious, or like you're in danger? And conversely, when you're apart from this person, do you feel self confident? relaxed free to be yourself and at peace so when you're apart from this person what are the first emotions that come to mind and I'm talking about stomach emotions not how you should feel but your gut that second brain down in there what does that tell you when you're apart from this person So when we think about these emotional responses that the relationships in our lives bring up, we need to pay attention to these feelings of anxiety and maybe depression or maybe anxiousness or the feeling like we're not measuring up, the feeling of constantly being on our toes, or the feeling like if we're not around this person, we're not okay. Because there's a huge difference between Somebody adding to your life and feeling like they are your life. Dr. Jill Weber describes toxic relationships as all-consuming. So if you're feeling like this relationship, I'm thinking about it a lot, and I just keep going over and over it in my brain, that is a sign to you that says something's not right. Something's not working. And when we feel those things, that's when we have to step into the work because as the person who is the center of your life experience, you alone have the power to decide who you're spending time with. How are you spending your time? Who is taking up space in your brain? Another emotion that I touched on during the exercise is the emotion of feeling like, There's a voice that's loudest in your head and there's an opinion that's loudest in your head and it's not yours. It's whoever you're in toxic relationship with. So this person not only can foster a sense of dependency in you, this person can also be your voice of reason or your conscience or what would this person think of me if I did this? And that breaks down your ability to live your life as you would choose to, which is another problem with toxic relationships. So if you feel yourself constantly thinking, what would this person think of me if I did this? What would this person want me to do? What would this person have me do? What would be the reaction if this person found out that I was doing this? And I'm not talking about some kind of moral standard. I'm talking about a person in your life that you're in relationship with and it fosters a feeling of guilt and shame If you feel like you wouldn't be measuring up to that person, that doesn't let you live your life. And that's when you have to develop inside what's important to you. In branding, we call it our core values, right? So you're going to have to do a little bit of work on what internally are your core values, what's important to you and what are you passionate about or what you care about in relationships. So when we talk about stepping into the work, that's what we're going to deal with those internal feelings that you have to develop rather than letting other people in your life call the shots for you. I am a true crime junkie. I find the psychology behind it fascinating as well as the study of our justice system, bringing people to justice. I've read probably every Anne Rule book ever, huge Dateline fan. So I hate that I have to go into this, but um, Physical or psychological or mental abuse, that is something that has to be moved on from. And a lot of times, that's not always obvious to the person inside of it. And I hate, hate, hate that this exists. I hate that physical and mental and psychological and sexual abuse is something that we as a society have. And I I'm really hoping that if you or someone you love are in this situation, that this can be opening that conversation to getting out because no one deserves that. An abusive relationship is going to be a toxic relationship. And I hope that if you're for some reason not aware or you've been tricked into thinking that that's the norm and that's okay i really really hope that you're able to understand that that's not okay so first and foremost that's why i'm so obsessed with exploring toxic relationships there's a phrase that's been popping up in popular culture the phrase gaslighting if you're not a vintage movie buff like i am you've got true crime and then you have vintage movies that's kind of me So um, there is a play in 1938. It became a movie in the 1940s um, called Gaslight. And in it, Ingrid Bergman is married and her husband convinces her that she's going crazy when really he's basically manipulating her. So that's where the term comes from, gaslighting. And gaslighting is when you're in a relationship and you're convinced that your perception of reality is not reality. And that can include not even being sure of your own memories, of your own brain, being convinced that you're crazy when you're not crazy. So if you're not familiar with the term gaslighting or you've heard it kind of bandied about, that is where that comes from. And so in a toxic relationship, gaslighting can definitely be a factor, especially if there's abuse going on. So... Just to put that out there, if you need to look into gaslighting, there are plenty of resources online about it. I can link to a couple. And hopefully these steps that I'm leading you into in the next section of this podcast will help you determine and get in touch with your own self, your own truth, your own reality for what you perceive is going on. And this will help you find that strength to do the work, to get out of the toxic relationships, to heal the toxic relationship tendencies in yourself and to be able to move forward. So the final part of this podcast is now that we've explored the toxic relationship in our life and the fallout From that toxic relationship or relationships, the first step that I would suggest is to do a little exercise with me. Who are you when you're not with this person that you suspect is a toxic relationship to you without any outside influence of this person in your life? What hopes and desires do you have? What do you like to do? What do you want to do? What brings you joy? If you can't think of an answer right away, that's perfectly normal if you're in a toxic relationship. But I want you to take a few days and just think about that. What are your dreams? What do you want to see in life? What do you want to experience in life? So step one is knowing yourself. And again, that can take you a little while, which is fine. You can always pause this and come back. Um, step two, after knowing yourself, you have to start protecting and loving yourself. I call it BYOBF. Be your own best friend. Where that comes from, I remember lying on my floor. This is over a decade ago, but it was such a poignant moment in my life that I just, I remember it very, very clearly. So I had just puked up a toxic relationship and i was lying on my floor of my little apartment and i just felt like my heart was breaking but at the same time i felt so angry that i felt this way i felt so angry that someone had the power to make me feel so broken and I decided at that point that I would never let anyone do that to me again. In that horrible, terrible pain, I found a lioness. I found a self-love and a self-protection that I didn't even realize I was capable of. I was like, where is this coming from? All of a sudden, like this part of me was just like, don't you ever do that to her again. (laughs) So... Now, does that mean I never fell in love again or made a relationship mistake ever again? No way. I was probably falling in love the next week. <laughs> but um, from then on, it was me being my own best friend. So take that moment of feeling in pain for what a toxic relationship may have done to you and let yourself get angry. Let yourself get mad that somebody would have the nerve to treat you that way. So, BYOBF, be your own best friend. Be as pissed off as if... Picture yourself sitting and having coffee and one of your friends says, well, this person did this to me, and you were like, oh, hell no. Picture that, but picture it for yourself. Be your own best friend. Get just as mad about how somebody has mistreated you as you would if you heard that somebody had mistreated your best friend. Whoever you feel protective of in your life, apply that same mama bear gut reaction of pissed off, apply that to yourself. How dare that person treat you that way? How dare that person make you feel that way? BYOBF to your own self. Now, if it's a case of bleach and ammonia where... Nobody's really doing anything to anybody. It's just you're horrible together. You don't get along. And trust me, I was the queen at one point in my life of, let me just be with this person, even though they make me angry and I hate everything about them. It's like, it was like a news flash to me. It's like, Bretta, you don't have to be best friends with everybody if you don't like them. Like, it's a, it's perfectly okay to not like people and not date everybody. <laughs> I had obviously a lot of head work to do myself, but if it's a case of bleach and ammonia where it's like you're not really getting along and you fight all the time and you don't have a lot in common, another reason to be YOBF. Be your own best friend. You don't need a bunch of randos, people in your life that you're not compatible with. Learn how to be alone. Learn how to be your own best friend. Don't settle for being with somebody just because they're there, which kind of brings us into step three. So step three is spending time alone with yourself. Spending time alone can mean a number of things. It can mean self-dates, journaling, meditation, taking yourself on a walk, taking a hot shower, doing a face mask, cooking something. Basically, it's learning to be comfortable, just being by yourself. And I don't even mean being by yourself, being distracted. If you ever go out to have coffee or whatever, or you go run in to grab a salad for lunch somewhere at a restaurant, if you look around, people who are alone are either on their laptop, on their phone, anything to escape sitting there with yourself. And if you are sitting there looking around, you kind of look like a weirdo. (laughs) So especially if you're not used to yourself, especially if you don't know yourself or like yourself and you're not your own best friend, sitting there with yourself can suck. So try to take baby steps with this one. Maybe just hang out with yourself, not being distracted by a screen. Do your hair in the mirror. Try on some clothes that you have hanging in your closet do something with yourself that doesn't involve distracting yourself from your own brain yoga and meditation for this is absolutely wonderful if you're not familiar you don't practice yoga there are tons of videos out there free videos that can show you just basic yoga poses even if you just sit there for 25 minutes first of all you get a good stretch second of all it just puts you in your own mind And it makes you get used to that. So every Valentine's Day when I was single, I used to avoid the whole like, who is he going to call? Is somebody going to text me? Is somebody going to make me feel validated and important on this holiday? Every Valentine's Day, I (laughs) would take myself out on self-dates. I would do a pedicure day. I would go get a massage. Nowadays, I like to go running. I like to go get coffee. I like to go on a bike ride. I have been doing this thing called virtual run events where you can sign up for virtual 1Ks, 5Ks, 10Ks, and they send you a little medal, and a lot of the proceeds go to different charities. So it's just kind of a cool way for me to set a goal and spend time with myself. So if you're into fitness, that might be a fun way for you to spend some time with yourself and have a little self-goal and have you know a self-date on a 5K, look at you running around, then you get to put a medal on yourself. <laughs> sounds really depressing when I describe it that way, but it's super fun once you're more comfortable with being with yourself. So these are just some ideas of how you could spend time alone with yourself and enjoy yourself. Come to know the beautiful, wonderful weirdo that is you. Get to know your true self and get to like your true self and just kind of wallow in that and get all cozy and smushy with yourself and be like, yeah, self, we're going on a date. So that's step three. Step four, you want to examine your relationships from your heart with your own best friend as a sounding board. So you've gotten to know yourself as your own best friend. What do you like? My own best friend, my inner self, when I'm my own best friend self, I'm like a princess or a teenager. <laughs> and, but no one can judge me, which is awesome because I'm my own best friend and I'm by myself. So who's your new best friend self? And with that mindset, with that your own best friend self in your head, I want you to kind of examine these toxic relationships. Look at them through the eyes of you acting as your own best friend. What would your own best friend say? about scenarios where you got your feelings hurt or situations where you felt anxious or shut down or even emotionally or physically abused. With those things in mind, picture what your own best friend might say about you and about that relationship because that is going to be your strength. That is going to be you cheering yourself on and making the changes in your life to either repair or remove yourself from this toxic relationship. If it's a question of the bleach and ammonia situation where it's not toxic in the sense that you're being aggressed on or abused physically or mentally, but that you're drained and you can't quite figure out why, or you're both making each other miserable, that is going to actually be resolved because you're going to be spending time with yourself and you're not going to need these relationships that otherwise aren't really serving you. They're only to fill space. In episode two, Emotions in Crisis, of Beretta Fleur du Jour, I quoted Mr. Rogers, And the quote was him saying, look to the helpers in times of crisis. And the same is true when you're trying to get out of a toxic relationship that is not serving you. Who are the people in your life that you can count on? These may be people that have even gotten distanced from you or their voices have become de-amplified for you because you've been in a toxic, all-consuming relationship. If you can, reach out to those helpers. I've done it. There's no shame in saying, you know what? Hi, I'm sorry. I have just been in this toxic relationship and I know we haven't been close or I know I didn't listen to you or I didn't take your advice when you told me (laughs) because chances are maybe this person did tell you something but you just weren't in the place to hear it. Look to the helpers. I guarantee you, That there are people in your life, in your support system that are just waiting to be with you and help you. And if you don't have that, email me, berettafleur at iCloud.com. I offer coaching one-on-one. I'd be more than happy to help you out there. But look to the helpers. The more room you make in your life in getting rid of toxic relationships, the more space you'll have to spend time with yourself, but also to welcome in those life-giving relationships, those non-toxic, helpful, wonderful, healthy relationships that are going to add so much more peace and joy and happiness and fulfillment to your life. I hope you've enjoyed this podcast. Beretta Fleur Du Jour now offers confidence coaching, one-on-one experiences to help you reach your goals and to give you a customized action plan and live your dream life. For more information, go to berettafleur.com slash coaching to get your free quiz. Thanks so much and enjoy your experience.